Awesome. All right. Well, why don't we give Kiri a really big hand as she comes. Is it on? Okay. Okay. Cool. Good morning. Ke Ko kahukura te whare tipuna, ko James Takutama, ko Kiri Harrison aho, no reira tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Kiri, I'm mum to my son James. Awaken has been our home for almost three years. During the week I work for a few hours in the office doing admin with Sarah, as well as keeping this house sparkly clean. I also have the privilege of being a youth leader. Next year, I'm hoping to pursue my passion of youth work, which I'm very excited about. This morning, I'll be sharing my testimony so far. From a young age, I felt like I didn't belong and I wasn't sure where I fitted within my family. I grew up in a home where I was to be seen or not heard, where I love you, affection and affirmation was rare and my emotions were rejected, ignored and denied. Arguing and violence was a common occurrence within my extended family. There was always the latest feud. I was constantly watching aunties, uncles and grandparents being cast out of the family. This pattern of my family rejecting other family members continued right through my childhood and is sadly still happening today. As a young child, this was very confusing to me. I couldn't understand why the family members that I loved would just disappear, not to be seen for years or never. What had they done so wrong and would I be next? In my early teens, I experienced firsthand being rejected from a family member. Me and my sister hardly saw my grandmother because she lived so far away. So my parents made it a habit of sending us to her for a holiday each summer. Unfortunately, it wasn't a pleasant time. My mama my grandmother would verbally abuse us and make us feel less than. I'd always kept quiet, but this summer I took courage to stand up and say this was not okay. The outcome was not what I expected it to be. Instead, our bags were quickly packed, we were driven home in silence, and my parents were told they never wanted us to come back. I had grown up seeing my family reject each other, but this was the first time I had been the one to be sent away. I felt rejected, alone, and unloved. As humans, we tend to believe the messages that have been reflected to us. I was looking to my family to mirror back to me who I was. I was looking to them to find my identity and believing their voices to be true. It may not have been intentional, but their messages conditioned me to believe that I was and always would be rejected, alone and unloved. At the age of 18, I met my son's dad. I was again looking for something that had been missing. We started a life together and our son, James, was born seven years later. By then, the relationship had started to break down. Family was no longer the priority and it felt like me and James were being replaced with work. It was just after James's first birthday that our relationship ended. Rejected again, I left with James. 
I found Awaken in 2018. I wasn't looking for God, but God found me. I was again feeling the pain of rejection. James was on a Christmas holiday with his dad, so it was the first Christmas without my son, and my best friend had made the move to live in Auckland. I was burnt out and striving to be the best single mum and the best early childhood teacher. The depression was beginning to take its toll, and my thoughts were filled with, I am rejected, I am alone, and I am unloved. I felt ashamed of the thoughts and emotions that I was feeling because of the messages I had believed, so I hid behind coping mechanisms. I started to escape through alcohol. I justified having one drink at the end of a stressful workday to help take the edge off. The thing was I quickly started to label every day a stressful day, and I began relying on the alcohol way too much. On one bad evening, the alcohol didn't seem to have the same numbing effect anymore. That was the first time I reached out for a knife and started cutting my arm. It was only meant to be a temporary one-time thing to relieve the pain that I was feeling, but it became something more destructive and addictive. The small cuts led to bigger cuts and deeper cuts. I viewed self-harm as a punishment and something I deserved. In 2018, I started to struggle with suicidal thoughts. I no longer felt I could see beyond the unbearable feelings. It was at this time that I be believed that James would be better off without me, so James went to live with his dad. Without waking up to James every day, I quickly reached rock bottom. I started to really, really believe there was no longer a plan or a purpose for my life, which was when I woke up on 21st of July 2018, I decided to swallow my antidepressants and attempt to end my life. I felt regret soon after. I went to hospital and ambulance and was treated in ED. In that moment, I chose life. I decided to fight to live. I didn't really know Jesus yet, but I hoped that Jesus was with me. I began the journey of healing and becoming well. However, not long after my attempted suicide, a married man began sending me messages of support, encouraging me to stay strong. At the time, I believed it was all innocent. I felt safe with this man and saw him as a father figure, and I trusted he was just caring for me. A few months later, it became clear that his intentions were for more, and he began to ask more from me. I knew I should have reached out for help, but I didn't think anyone believed me. I felt confused, trapped, and alone, and my fear took over, so I stayed. With a secret that big, I started to distance myself from people and from getting to know Jesus. When the secret was revealed to my close and trustworthy people, I was given the support I was needed to remove myself from that relationship. It was during that time that a friend bought me a Lisa Turkos book for my birthday. The book tells Lisa's story of rejection, and I found this quote that I'd highlighted and reflected on in my journal. Lisa says, Because the need to feel loved and accepted runs so deep, we find ourselves doing things we never thought possible just to try and satisfy those desires. What starts as a seemingly small compromise can easily become a complete contradiction to the people we long to be. This quote resonated hugely. This was me. My deep longing to feel loved, accepted and wanted was why I was making compromises. I compromised my values, saying yes when I should have said no. I compromised my body by allowing things to happen that made me feel uncomfortable. I compromised my self-worth and self-respect. I was now looking in the mirror and I didn't even notice the person I was looking at or how she got there. I felt dirty, ashamed and used. The good news is my story doesn't end here. <laughs> I decided to invite Jesus into my life. 
and of all I had was the faith the size of the mustard seed, and that was better than no faith at all. Jesus led me on a journey of deconstructing the core messages that, I had, that had shaped my identity and beliefs. One of the turning points for me was when I learned that my emotions came from the thought patterns I was believing. This new knowledge empowered me to understand that I had a choice. I could keep living as a victim by throwing myself a pity party, or I could learn to be powerful and responsible and instead be the one in control. 2 Corinthians 10.5 in the Passion Translation says, We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in the obedience of the Anointed One. This Bible verse gave me the courage to go to war with the thoughts inside my head. I didn't always get it right. It was a journey of small steps wrapped in grace and love with people that were safe and trustworthy. When COVID-19 came into New Zealand and the whole country went into Liverpool lockdown, I was forced into a space where I was face to face with my fear of rejection. I was alone in my bubble without being able to see friends or be surrounded by safe people at church. I knew that I couldn't allow my fears and worries dictate any numbing or wobbles to past behaviour, so I cried out to God. In doing this, it was my all or nothing moment. I desperately wanted to let go and allow God into my life and to begin a relationship with him. This time wasn't pretty. I can only describe it as a tug of war. It was ugly, messy and painful, with a lot of snot-filled crying. I realised I still had my guard up and was holding on to control. Why? Because I had only ever experienced pain and hurt from the men I'd met in my life, so that was affecting how I was seeing God. The idea that I could be loved and accepted unconditionally without conditions, expectations and manipulation felt impossible. This was a lie. As I learned more about God through reading the Bible and listening to music, I started to see that God is a really good father. God loves me and his love is unconditional. God is trustworthy and faithful. God is for me and wants good things for me. It felt freeing to surrender to God. God was beginning a new thing in me, thing in me and I was starting to reconnect with the truth about who I really was. The negative thoughts and messages I believed for so long were being replaced with God's truth. I am a child of God. I am chosen. I am not forsaken. I am forgiven. I am accepted. I am loved. These truths became my anchor and a daily reminder how, of how loved I am. This was the breakthrough that I was desperate for. I had found the love, belonging and acceptance that I had been searching for. It wasn't in people. I had found it in God. I came out of lockdown transformed. I was an entirely new person. If you are feeling rejected, alone and unloved, know that God will not forsake you. You are loved. God loves you more in one moment than anyone could love you in a lifetime. There is nothing you need to do to earn God's love. It has already been placed upon you. I would like to end with the final quote from Lisa's book. Rejection never has the final say. Rejection may be a delay or a distraction, or even a devastation for a season, but it's never a final destination. You are destined for a love that can't ever be diminished, tarnished, shaken, or taken. With you, Jesus, we are forever safe. We are forever accepted. We are forever held, completely loved, and always invited in.
That was great, eh? My goodness. Welcome to church. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so cool. And I just, I just loved, as you were saying, those I am statements and just thinking back, you know, a, a year or two ago that thinking you just wouldn't have been able to say that. But now you stand up here so boldly and say, this is who I am. Isn't it great? Yeah. So cool. So cool. Yeah. And I, I just want to encourage you this morning, if, if, you know, if anything is that Kerry shared or, or Aaron's about to share is... Um, you know, you just feel your, your heart going a million miles an hour. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have opportunity to pray for people um, towards the end. So, yeah, just hold that thought. Cool. All right. Aaron, come on up. Kia ora, everyone. How's everyone doing? We good? Hey, thanks, Dave Kerry. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I am 26, married, I run a business, um, and I've been a Christian since I was 15. Um, had a really powerful encounter with God as a, as a young youth, uh, and yeah, changed my life from there. Um, today, I'd like to talk a little bit about process, uh, a little bit about there's this, this, this kind of key idea of uh, becoming a Christian, and then there's, over here, there's this outcome, this, uh, this blessing, the promise, um, and then there's the in-between, the promise, uh, sorry, the, the process. So we have beginning, process, outcome, or blessing, or promise. So let's just, um, let's look at some of the promises real quick. Just a, a couple promises in the Bible. You have uh, in Matthew sixteen twenty four through twenty five, it's a it's a promise of life. So then Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it in me." So here's this promise of life, uh, acceptance. There's John six verse thirty seven. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will drive away. There's this idea of, of coming to the Father, that he's, he has open arms and he's, he desires this. There's a passion. There's a characteristics of God. There's joy. As the Father, uh, sorry, John 15, verse 9 through 11, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in His love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So these are some really, really cool pictures of the promise, the, the outcome. But there is a process. Um, as Christians, uh, we, we come to Jesus and we begin and he has many promises, um, but how many people know that the, the promise isn't, isn't immediate? I'm not saying it has to take a million years. I'm not saying that there's, um, that there's like a time constraint and that we should, we should view this as, um, you know, a big long race or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is a beginning and there is an outcome and there's something in the middle and it's important. 
When we join with Jesus, we join with the flow, the movement, and the momentum of heaven. So there, there's process. We're, Jesus has not yet come back. We're still learning and we're still growing. So then, yeah, uh, let, me, let me just pull this up real quick. So uh, first, uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians um, 2 verse 13. And we also thank God continually because when we receive the word, sorry, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as, hu- uh, not as a human word, but as it is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. See, I believe, uh, in my opinion, God is more interested in the process than he is in the, the outcome. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think God delights in the outcome, he delights in the blessing. He delights in the promise. And I think he, ultimately he, he finds immense joy in seeing his children do well. But I also think that in the in-between, we have this, this very intense, very, um, it, can be, it can be really uh, character building. It can be really strong. Uh, the, the process is, um, the process is where all the growth in life happens. And I believe, in my opinion, there are better ways to move with the flow of process. There are, there are healthy ways and there are unhealthy ways. There, there are good and bad. There, there are things that can propel you and accelerate and there are things that can just hold you up. I believe that's just like a, a principle that exists. Um, when I was 15, I became a Christian. I, was, uh, I, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I, I began speaking in tongues. And at the time, I was at St. Patrick's College, uh, Silverstream, um, and it, it was like term one in the break, so I was coming back in term two. So I've done three years at this point, and, um, and I returned to school as this kind of changed, zealous, young Christian. Um, the way I encountered God was a, a very unique situation. I got prayer and then experienced the, the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Little did I know our... our youth pastor at the time was like, oh, tongues, is that like a thing that we're supposed to do? I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know. And so I was like running around this youth conference, like, you know, like praying for anyone I could. And, um, and he was just like, this is is cool, man. Anyway, I got back to school with the same zealous. Now you, you would think at like a, 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 it's like a Christian Catholic school, that the idea of Jesus entering someone's heart, changing them, and seeing a beauty and a blessing in their life would be a really good thing. Ironically, Mrs. Pope, our religious education teacher, uh, wasn't a big fan uh, of, of the praying in tongues in the chapel. Um, <laughs> however, I, I, spent, um, I spent a lot of, uh, like a lot of breaks um, Going to the chapel, I, I didn't have a very wide friend group, and, and the only friends I did have at this point, I was just like, let me pray for you. Let me pray. <laughs> and, and a few of them like, are we going to the chapel again? Because I, I kind of want to play with my yo-yo. Like, <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, a lot of time in the chapel. Ultimately, I, I actually received a lot of ridicule. Uh, a lot of kids saw me, and, I, and they were like pretty uncomfortable with this guy that was trying to pray for everyone and, and bless them. And talking about this idea of speaking another language that hadn't been learned and, and was a gift, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the ridicule was rough. 
It was like real rough. And I think like at the time I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a child of God. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for the trial. And, you know, trying to, trying to be strong. But it like really cut my heart. It like really, really hurt. I had, I had one instance where I was in the chapel and I'm just like chilling out, hanging out with God because what else am I going to do? And um, I had like a group, I don't know, like eight kids who heard about this guy who's going to the chapel, praying for people and praying for himself, whatever. Let's go check him out. And, and they were kind of like the cool kids and they like rocked into the chapel and they're all kind of like snickering and laughing and I'm like, they're just praying. It's like this really, it's actually, it's really sad because I was there earnestly, I was there, God, I, be, I believe God was seeing me, and He was meeting me, and He was blessing me, and then there were these kids who just like, had no idea, and they were just like, look at this, look at this idiot, and they started calling me Messiah, um, one kid like rolled on in, and he's like, I'm like, did you want, did you want prayer, man, like, is that, is that why you're here, and he's like, sure, sits down, and pray, start praying for him, and he like gets up mid-praying, goes, <laughs> walks off, and I'm like, oh. Just like a, just a little child, little baby Christian, hadn't experienced life. I'm in a really tough time in terms of school. Everyone knows what it's like to be a 15-year-old learning, developing. And then I get this radical thing. And then, anyway, I left uh, St. Pat's for that very reason. I, um, I covered it up. I said I wanted to go study some other stuff at a different school that had better courses. Um, and parents obliged, and that was great changed and uh and then from there I was a blank canvas and everything shifted and anyway time goes on uh spent a lot of time not with God best friend became a Christian my brother became a Christian uh rocked my heart and came back to God when I was about like 18 ish um and uh then I met my my now wife um got married God is good what I was trying to illustrate there is that um I was in process, and, um, and in the process, I got wrecked. I got, like, really hurt, and for, like, three years, I was, like, not having it. I would never deny God if someone asked me, but I also wouldn't step with any zealous. I also wouldn't take any opportunities, and ultimately just, just sort of laid down. You know, I, I believe God always remembers and honors. He always remembers and He always honors. Um, in First Chronicles 16, uh, David is like, he has the Ark of the Covenant and he's just doing like a proclamation and he's like appointing people to, to do these like proclamations about God. Um, and I'm just going to go for like from verse 8 uh, where he's, it's kind of like a song or a, or a a loud statement anyway. So he says, give, give praise to God, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to them, uh, sorry, sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonders, sorry, tell all of his, tell all his wonderful acts, glory in his name, glory in his holy name, let the heart of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonder he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen one, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord our God, his judgments are in the earth. 
He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for thousand for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac, and it goes on. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. We serve a God who remembers and he honors. Philippians 1, verse 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now has been confident, oh, sorry, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So this is Paul in jail proclaiming the blessing of God. I, I think this is like an incredible picture of, um, of process. Here you have like a, a man who's, who's stuck in jail. He's, he's begun his walk. He's learning. He's learning about the blessing. He, he's sharing the gospel. He's begun it, and, and he knows. He's, he's explaining that he's begun it with someone else, and, and God is doing good things. And he is, um, he's in this position, from what we hear here, of peace. But I don't know about you, like, jail back in the day would have been, like, ruthless. It would have been, like, so nasty. Um, he would have been in, in, in horrible conditions for the better part. Yet he goes on to say how, um, how jail isn't hindering the gospel. Rather, it's, it's actually pushing it forward for him. Because he has a really clear and healthy perspective on process. See, he doesn't see the, the blessing, not yet, because he's shackled. Yet he can stay there with faith, and he can say, God, I thank you for what you're doing with these people. God, I thank you that you're blessing them, that when you started something with them, you're actually, you're, you've continued it. And, and God, I thank you that, that they have uh, picked up their cross as well, and that they're continuing in faith, and that they're moving forward. God, you're, you're a blessing to them, and you're a blessing to me. And he's shackled. Like, he, he's not in a good place physically. I want to I challenge us. See, what if, we, what if we had a better focus on the value of process? See, that like any one of you now can think about a blessing um, that is a desire, a heart's desire to, to have, to, to hold firm, to be uh, living out daily, whether it be life, joy, peace, any of the blessing. And there's probably one that you can think of that isn't there right now. It, it might have been today, like, you're waking up and, and it's just, like, hard. It's just, like, hard, you know? You're in process. And, and God is still there. And you see, when, when I was 15 and I was at school and I was in the chapel and I was praying with zealous, zealous prayers, God, I just, how do I do it? God, I, I, want, you to, I want you to bless the people around me. I want to see good things. I want to see miracles, God. I want to, I want to continue to move. And I, was, and I was hurt moving forward. But God never forgot those moments. It, it, he, never, he never withdrew his momentum because... Um, because of a lack of zealousy, he, he, he remembers those moments, 
and as I progress and as I return and as, and as I, he opens his arms and I, and I hug him, he's like, oh God. He's like, I love you. This is so good. Joy, right? Because now I'm, I'm engaged with him. And he's like, remember that time, Phil, my brother, he, he said to me, um, it, was a, it was a real revelation for me. He said, remember that time when you were, you were 15 uh, and, and you were doing those things? He, said, he was like, God never forgot that. Because for me, I, I would like look back and I'd be like, man, you know, I was like, oh, I was so zealous. And then I like lost my zealous when I, through those years. And I'm like struggling to get back to that. And he's like, God never forgot that. And then, and then I started seeing blessing. And I started seeing Zealous return. And I started seeing him move. And, and, uh, and I started, I believe, I started seeing him honor what was. So I, I just want to encourage you guys. Um, no, matter, no matter what the process, no matter where you are in the process, it's really important to have a healthy perspective on it. It's really important to look at that. And, and, and maybe we don't see it right now, but we say, God, I, I thank you. Let's talk about joy. God, I, today's a tough one. You can be real with him. He's not, he's, not, he's not weak. He can handle that. God, it's a tough one. But then you can get into, you can get into Scripture and you can say, oh, God, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. God, I thank you that you give me the strength to keep your commands. God, I need that strength right now. I don't have that capacity. I, I'm weak right now. God, I thank you for strength. Fill me up, God. For whoever wants, no, <laughs> just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. That's a promise. And that your joy may be complete. That's a promise. God, I thank you that you're making my joy complete. Uh, I may not feel it right now, God, but, but I understand that you have process. And one day it's going to be retrospect, and I'm going to be thinking about this, and I'm going to realize that you are responding to me right then and there. So God, I thank you. Bless your heart. Okay. Um, let's pray. That's cool. God, I thank you for, for each and every one here. Thank you for, for the, the opportunity to, to speak, to bless. And, uh, and, and God, I just ask that right now you would highlight a moment in anyone's life, a moment of, of sincerity, of earnest uh, engagement with you. God, just, can you just bring that up for them right now in Jesus' name? And God, I just, wanna, I just want you to tell them how you feel about that moment. What is your heart in that moment? When you see a, a child crying out, God, what, what is your heart? What are your words? And God, I just, uh, I thank you for that. I thank you for the blessing of, of engaging with us, connecting with us, and, and walking with us through process. And God, I, uh, I just, um, I thank you for the, the blessings that we don't see yet. I thank you that you're working, that you're building us, you're strengthening us, and you're loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool, thanks guys.
Wow. <laughs> so good. Anyone picking up a thing? <laughs> Man, that's so good. Process. Yeah, the worship team can come back. That'd be that'd be great. But um, we we were just singing a song before, and I, as Aaron was speaking, I just wanted, I just felt to read the lyrics again. It says, "Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength, and my story isn't over. It's only just begun." Arrival's not the end game. The journey's where you are. You never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. And failure's never final when the Father's in the room. Now, I'm, I'm a big believer that how we travel is more important than the destination. You know, this is a journey. We're all on a journey. Yet we're, we're all walking with Jesus. He's with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us, and he, and he never forgets. And I think that's just so beautiful. Thank you, Aaron, for, for sharing that. It was just awesome. And Kerry, thank you for sharing your story. I know it, it gives hope, lifts faith. Yeah, it's great. Hey, why don't we stand this morning? We're going to um, share around communion. Um, and... I was going to share something, but I don't think I need to. I think we just need to respond. And, uh, you know, so w- what I want to um, say this morning is, is we've got communion over here. You can come and get communion. Just spend some time with Jesus. Do whatever you need to do. Um, but if you want to respond and actually you'd like someone to pray with you this morning, um, then just, just come over to the side after you've had communion and, and we'll come and pray with you and just believe with you. And yeah, but let's let's sing. Let's just worship worship God and just praise Him, eh?